0: This is Chris Sorensen. Welcome to Brookville Road Community Church Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to check out our website at brookvilleroad.cc for all the latest information about what's going on at Community Church. I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in becoming a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Here's the question If I asked you about the most anxious moment that you've ever had in life, could you just immediately say like, yeah, I, I know what that was. I, I know that moment. It was in this season. This thing happened. I, I know exactly. It comes to my mind. Like, what what would that be for you in, in my own life? When I think about being anxious and, and when I think about anxiety, some of my first experiences were when I was growing up. I remember as a little boy, I was playing soccer and there was a game and, uh, I had a penalty kick. It was like right at the very end of the game. And if I made that penalty kick, we were going to be league champions. I just felt anxious in that moment. Uh, A little bit later, I remember uh, being in a basketball game. And uh, it was when I was uh, in high school. And it was between us and our fiercest rival. And if if I made these free throws, it was going to ice the game and, and we were going to win and it was going to be awesome. And so I felt anxiety in in that moment. As I got older, the moments of anxiety, I felt dealt more with specific events that I knew would have... You know, a big impact on, on my future. I remember when I applied for a, a leadership scholarship from Taylor University uh, when I was a senior in high school, and I was invited to come to campus for an all-day interview process that was going to determine who would get one of three scholarships that was uh, the largest scholarship that Taylor offered at that time. I definitely was feeling anxiety when kind of at the end of the day, I went into the president of Taylor University's conference room, and there was this long board. Room table. There was about 20 people gathered all the way around the table. They were sitting there, and and I was invited to come in, and I I sat at the end. And as soon as I sat down, they just started asking me questions. And that was an intense moment. I I didn't want to mess it up. And speaking of intense and not wanting to mess it up, I remember when I asked my now wife Becky on our first date. I had I had rehearsed how I was gonna do it, but in that moment it was completely different because I was feeling anxious. If you'd been in that moment, you would have been anxious too. You don't get a second chance with a girl like Becky Stevens. Come on, you got to get it right. And I'm glad that she gave me that chance and we've been married. It's a blessing. But all of those were specific moments when I felt anxious. And yet, it's not even close. The most anxious moment of my uh, entire life, it happened about 10 years ago. My, uh, wife Becky and I were flying home from Houston to Indianapolis with my parents. Um, we, this is before we had children. We had been on a family vacation with my brother and sister-in-law, but they were going somewhere else. And so we were in Houston and we were flying back to Indianapolis. We were kind of in the gate area. I don't remember the exact details. It was about 45 minutes to an hour before our flight was supposed to leave. And then suddenly the gate agent comes over the PA system and says, uh, the flight to Indianapolis uh, is boarding right now. We are going to leave early. So you need to get in line. And I thought, well, that's a little bit unusual, but it didn't bother me because I was just excited, like, let's go home sooner. That'll be great. So we get onto the plane and I, I've flown a lot growing up. And so I, I just got a sense that something was a little bit different about this particular fight, but I, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew I was right that something was a little bit off when, after we had gotten to our seats, the captain came over to the intercom and he said... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've instructed the flight crew that we will not be doing our normal safety check and, 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 and talk with you because we want to leave immediately. I thought, I have n- <laughs> we always do that, right? Like even when I was in China, in a different language, I don't even understand what you're saying, but we all like, we go through the process, you know, this. And it's like, we're not going to do that? No, I didn't know why. But I found out why a few minutes later, and I should say after we were backing away from the gate, because the captain came back on over the intercom and said, ladies and gentlemen, the reason that we're uh, leaving in such a rush is because there are tornadoes at the other end of the terminal. (laughs) It's like tornado, not just one tornadoes. Like we're going to take off an airplane with tornadoes at the other end of the terminal. This seems like a bad idea. And it was a bad idea. We we got up in the air. I have never experienced turbulence like this. There there was a guy in front of me. He was like a, you could tell he was a business guy. And he was kind of like downplaying the whole thing. It was going to be fine. No big deal. But he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. And we were going up and down. And at one point, real early in the flight, when that was just starting out, like we dropped. And this guy smashes his head on the ceiling of the plane. And and at that point, everybody's taking it real seriously. And it was like that way from Houston all the way to Memphis. We were just... Oh, buffeted all over the place. Now, the most intense moment of anxiety, though, came. My dad, so Becky and I were on one side of the aisle. I was I was on the aisle, and my dad and mom were on the other side. And so my dad kind of leans over. He's like, tries to signal me. And he, he's like, uh, Andy. And I was like, okay. I, I could tell he wanted to tell me something. And so I thought, okay, this is going to be good. I'm going to get a moment of uh, some reassurance from this man who is like the most significant spiritual influence in my life. I've been a rock. You know, he's going to tell me something. It's going to be okay. There's going to be some peace where, you know, it, we're going to pray or something and it's going to be good. So I, I lean in and this is what he said. Not that. He said, Andy your mother and I have always wanted to die together (laughs) and we're ready. He goes, but I know that you and Becky have a lot that you want to accomplish in life and you're not ready yet. So we're going to pray. And I was like, that was not helpful at all. That was not reassuring. That was not comforting or encouraging. That was a moment of anxiety. Now, obviously we made it through that experience But when I think about the word anxiety, that is still the first story that comes to my mind. I felt anxious in that moment because I knew that something scary was happening and there was nothing that I could do that would directly fix the problem. And that's sort of what anxiety is. Whether it's in a single moment, like my flight on the airplane or an extended period of time, like our current pandemic, anxiety is the emotion that we feel when we face an uncertain future. And right now, I think a lot of people in our world are feeling anxious as they face an uncertain future. A wave of anxiety is sweeping across our country that is genuinely unprecedented. But if we're going to really look at what's going on, we have to recognize that it just didn't start recently because of covid Even before COVID-19, studies were showing the increase of anxiety in our nation, and it was impacting everyone, all age demographics, but especially young people. A seminal study that was done by Dr. Gene Twenge about 20 years ago showed that the average American child, so elementary student up through high school, the average American child reported more anxiety than the average American child who was a psychiatric patient reported Back in the 1950s, there's been a huge jump in the amount of anxiety that we're feeling in our society. Our society is just consumed with this feeling of anxiety. In fact, this week I came across a tweet that I thought sort of summed up what's been going on. I think we have it up here. Welcome to 2020. If you don't already suffer from an anxiety disorder, one will be assigned to you. I I feel like that's kind of what we're going through. And if you're wondering, if you're struggling with anxiety, I actually went to the Mayo Clinic website and here are some of the physical symptoms you should be looking for, all right? If you're struggling with anxiety, it says insomnia, increased heart rate, trouble breathing, excessive sweating, trembling, feeling weak or tired, and gastrointestinal problems. Can, can anyone relate to some of the symptoms that are on that list? You, you've had some of those? Well, well, if you have, I I don't want you to be anxious about this, but you should probably go and see a doctor because almost all of those symptoms are the same for COVID. So just, and you're like, you're just like your dad, not very encouraging. That's not very helpful. But the truth is when we talk about anxiety, I, I, I think there's kind of an illustration that comes to my mind and that is that anxiety, anxiety is kind of like a, a rock. And it's heavy. It, it weighs us down. And, and when we feel anxious, we're carrying this with us wherever we go. Whether we're at home or school, at work, we're taking our anxiety. We're taking this rock with us. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, this rock is heavy. But, but I could carry it pretty easily for a minute or, or for two minutes or for a few minutes. But the longer I carry this rock around, the more I begin to feel the strain. The, the more I begin to feel the heaviness. And it begins to slow me down. And, and, and because of that, we, we need to develop some sort of coping mechanism to deal with the anxiety. And, and so what we do is, is we put the anxiety in a kind of a, a backpack And and this is a coping mechanism that makes it a little bit easier for us to kind of carry this around. And and also, it sort of keeps everybody from knowing exactly and seeing what's going on with us. And so, you know, we carry the backpack around because, you know, it makes it easier to carry. And we don't want others to see what's going on with us. And this week, as I was thinking about carrying around our anxiety in a backpack, I was thinking about my son, Hudson. He's in fifth grade, and at his school, because of COVID, they're not allowed to use their lockers. Which means that he has to carry around all of his books for all of his classes in his backpack. So he has a big backpack, and there's a lot of books. It's a really heavy backpack. But when I ask him about it, hey, Hud, you know, like, you want to talk about maybe a way that, like, you could... You know, not have to carry all your backpacks or all your books around in the backpack or like, are you doing okay? Is it too heavy for you? And he'll say, I'm fine, dad. It's okay. I got this. And I think that's how we tend to be with our anxiety. Somebody asks us, how are you doing? In their own way, they sort of say, I see you have a backpack and it looks pretty heavy. How are you doing? And we're like, I've got it. I'm fine. I've got this. And we just keep going. Even though the weight of the backpack, the weight of the anxiety is slowing us down. But but why do we do that? Why do we carry our backpack of anxiety around like this? I I think that's a good question. But an even more important question is, what should we do about it? Well, of course, the simple answer to that is, just stop being anxious. (laughs) Have you ever had somebody just tell you that? Like you, you shared, you were struggling with something and they're like, well, just don't think about it. Just stop being anxious. Did, did that work for you? I mean, if that happened, it didn't work for me. If Somebody says like, just stop being anxious. I start to sort of feel a little bit more anxious than I'm feeling anxious. I start to feel guilty that I'm feeling anxious, more anxiety and more guilt. That's kind of a double whammy. That's not what I want to do today. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty about your anxiety. I'm hoping that this message will help you. To be really open with you, I'm hoping that this message will help me because sometimes I struggle with anxiety. And I'm not just talking about getting on airplanes. I'm talking about, I struggle with anxiety about the future. And and I feel anxious about, am I being a good husband? Am I being a good father? Am I being a good friend? There have been seasons in my life where I, I, I wondered, am I being a good pastor? Just, just to kind of let you in on, uh, on who I am and, and some of my dysfunction. This week, I was talking with Becky about this weekend and what was gonna be going on and the service and everything. And I, I like genuinely started to feel anxious about preaching a sermon about not being anxious. It's like, well, what's going on there? But of course... I recognize that as I talk about my own anxiety, as I talk about my own backpack and the weight that I carry of anxiety, there are people in this room, people watching online who are carrying far bigger backpacks, carrying far heavier loads. And for those of you who are in that situation, who are part of our church family, I just want you to know, I I don't necessarily know you. I know some of you, but I don't know you necessarily know you and what you're going through. I don't know all the details or the specifics, but I want you to know that I care about you. Our staff cares about you. We've been praying for you. We've been asking that God would be with you as you go through this challenge, as you struggle with your anxiety. Some of you are dealing with a level of anxiety, a weight that is so heavy that you need to take, you know, medical help. You need therapy. And I want you to know that that's not something that you should be ashamed of or embarrassed. Like if you were just a better Christian, this wouldn't be happening. I want you to know that those things are a gift from God. And I'm so grateful that you haven't given up, that you keep showing up. And I believe that there is hope. The answer to what we should do about our anxiety is a lot bigger and a lot better than just don't be anxious anymore we can overcome anxiety and i believe the bible gives us a great idea of what that process looks like in my message today we're going to be looking at first peter chapter 5 so if you have your bibles please turn there and as you turn there i just want to acknowledge that for this morning's message i am deeply indebted to a pastor in atlanta by the name of clay scroggins uh, earlier this summer i listened to him preach a message on this particular passage at talking about anxiety and it was incredible. It, it was such a blessing to me. I I just have to say, so much of my outline today, some of the, these big ideas that I'm going to be talking about, they come from his original sermon. And, and the reason that I'm sort of following in his footsteps, copying some of these ideas from his sermon is because he had an insight into this passage in 1 Peter 5 that, that I had never seen before. It was something that was really profound to me. Now, when I share it with you, you're gonna just think it was like the most obvious thing ever. But to me, this was a big deal. Because here, here's the thing. I was gonna preach using First Peter 5, 7. It's one of the most famous verses about anxiety in the Bible. Cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. So that's where I was going. But here's the insight from Clay that meant so much to me. And it just really stands out. Again, it was so profound to me, it's gonna be the most obvious thing to you. But before First Peter 5, 7, is First Peter five five and First Peter five six? I'm like, I have a doctoral degree in theology, and I just did not notice that. Right? What's going on there? But but what Clay pointed out is that what Peter says in First Peter five five and five six should impact our understanding of what First Peter five seven is is really getting at. Because it turns out that Peter's solution to dealing with anxiety isn't that we should just stop being anxious. Instead, he suggests that the antidote to anxiety is humility. The antidote to anxiety is humility. Here's what Peter writes in 1 Peter 5.5. 5. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I think it's so interesting that right before talking to us about anxiety, Peter tells us that we need to humble ourselves. From Peter's perspective, it turns out that even though we probably don't think about it this way very often, it turns out that on some level, anxiety is actually a form of pride. Now, now when I say that, that anxiety is a form of pride, you might think, what are you talking about? I don't feel proud of my anxiety. In fact, I'm kind of ashamed of my anxiety and how I feel. Well, I want you to know that I I get that perspective, but, but here's the thing. We might not be proud of being anxious, but we are almost always proud of whatever it is that we're anxious about. For instance, we're proud of our children and we want them to do well. So we feel anxious about their academic and social development. Or because we love our parents, and in, in, in a sense we're, we're proud of them, and the connection that we have, and we, we care about them. So as they're aging and, and uh, having you know poor health, we're, we're concerned. Like what's going to happen? How long are they going to be around? And so we're, we're worried about them. We're anxious for them. Or, or maybe we're proud of a specific relationship that we have with our girlfriend or our boyfriend or our spouse, and we we want to hold on to that. And so we're anxious. What's what's going to happen in the future. Maybe we're proud of our careers. We, we want to be successful. And so we're, we're a little bit anxious about what that path for advancement is going to look like. I'm sure you can think of other things that we tend to be proud of that we end up worrying about, that we end up feeling anxious about. But, but the reason that the antidote to anxiety is humility is because on some basic level, pride says, I've got this. I can carry the load. I, I can... I can do this. I've got this. Well, humility says, I can't make it happen. I I just don't have enough strength. I don't have enough power. I I can't make it happen. And, And if you think about anxiety from this perspective, you'll begin to see issues differently. Like if you're like me, you'll begin to see pride in a place where you never saw pride before. Like I'm thinking about my children, like control my kids and what's going on to happen in their future. I can't even control my own life and my own future. How am I going to control their lives and their future? It's silly to think that. And yet that's pride. I think I can do. I've got this. I'm anxious about my parents, my boss, the economy, the election, the pandemic. Do I really think I can control any of those things? No, of course not. The antidote to anxiety is humility. Only God can control those things. And what's interesting is that as we begin to clothe ourselves in humility and recognize how strong God is, and comparatively how weak we are, as we realize that we can't make it happen on our own, God does something. Peter writes about this in 1 Peter 5, 6. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up. Now that is good news. I'm feeling weighed down, but that's because I'm holding on to my anxiety. And God says to us, "The reason you feel weighed down is because you think you have to carry your burden. But if you will let go of that burden and acknowledge that you can't make it happen, something changes. Right? As as we begin to take off the backpack. Like something changes. It's not like immediately we just like float up to the ceiling. All our problems are over, but we do feel lighter. That that weight is being lifted. We feel different. We feel better. Now all of that sounds really good, but the the problem is with this verse, First Peter five six. Is I, I didn't read the whole verse. I, I ended before that last clause. It says. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Our, our trouble is with those words, in due time. Part of the reason we struggle with anxiety is because we struggle with this idea of in due time we don't like to wait as americans we are an impatient people in his message that i listened to earlier this summer clay scroggins pointed out that we are people who burn our mouths on hot pockets what does that say about us the point of a hot pocket is that you put it in the microwave and have a quick meal but we can't even wait for the hot pocket to cool down after being in the microwave for 120 seconds I have to eat the molten lava right now. I can't wait. So it isn't surprising that we get frustrated with waiting on God to lift us up in due time. God, I prayed about this issue this morning and I'm getting ready to go to bed right now. And it hasn't been taken care of. I guess I'm going to have to feel anxious about it. I'm going to have to kind of take back control and think about this because you haven't solved this problem. It isn't working. And God responds, I told you I would lift you up in due time. And in due time might not be at the end of the day or even the end of the week or the end of the month. In due time might be in a year or even in several years. You might struggle with the heaviness, with that weight for a season. But Peter wants you to know that if you will humble yourself, if you will hang in there, if you will keep trusting, your heavenly father promises that he will eventually lift you up in due time. And as we think about that promise, that he will lift us up in due time, Peter then makes the connection between humility and anxiety. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, he reads these words that we're familiar with. Cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Peter is saying, take your anxiety off of your shoulders and give it to God because he cares for you. If you think about it, perhaps what Peter is telling us is that on some level, a lot of our anxiety stems from us carrying around something that we were never meant to carry. Our heavenly father is telling us, I've got this. You can't make it happen, but I can. The antidote to anxiety is humility. God is saying, take the weight off of your shoulders and put them, put it on mine. But of course, as good as this sounds, we have to recognize that it's not easy for us to let go of our anxiety. When we think about our children or our parents or that relationship, we still care about them. We love them. And even though we know we can't control them, on some level, we're afraid if that we sort of let go of being anxious. It will somehow mean that we've given up on that person. If we don't hold on to our anxiety, it almost feels like we're abandoning them. It almost feels like we're being irresponsible. But that's not what we're talking about. We still care for them, but we don't carry them. We can care for them, but we don't carry them because we were never meant to. It's not our job. And when you think about getting rid of your anxiety, God isn't saying, set it down and throw it away. No, what he's saying is, give it to me. Peter is saying, because God cares, you can cast your anxiety on him. It's because your heavenly father cares for you that he is willing to carry that thing that you were never meant to carry. He's willing to hold on to that thing that you were never supposed to hold on to. And as you're going through life, if you ever find yourself struggling with this idea of how much God really cares about you, like you think, well, God loves the whole world, but does he love me in particular? Does he love Andy Flink? He cares about all of us, but does he really care about me and my problems and the things that I'm anxious about? If you ever find yourself Asking these kinds of questions. I hope you will remember that we have compelling evidence of just how much our God cares. It's the cross. When you are feeling overwhelmed, I hope that you will remember that God sent his son to earth because he cares for you. And at the cross, we're reminded that God cares for you so much. And he says, you can take that anxiety off your back and you can cast your anxiety upon me. And the cross reminds us that God is willing to care for us. That's why Jesus came. And so we're gonna leave that anxiety at the foot of the cross because we have proof that God cares for us. This morning, as we come to the end of the service, In just a a few minutes, there's going to be a closing song. And during that closing song, you have an opportunity to come forward to the altar and lay your anxiety at the cross and give it to God. But of course, I want to acknowledge that this idea that God cares for you and is willing to take your anxiety. It might feel like one of those things that's only true when you're at church and, and not true when you're at home. And some of you are already at home. You're like, well, how do I cast my anxiety upon him? I I believe he cares for me. But like in real life, what does it look like? Because I don't have like a 12 foot tall cross that I just like have with me all the time, right? What what am I gonna do? Well, here's what we're gonna do. When we feel anxious, we're gonna take those anxious, by the way, after two services of that backpack, I feel a lot better, The weight is much, much better. But practically speaking, we're going to take our anxious thoughts to God in prayer. This is a huge point, because the reality of anxiety is that we can't really control all of the thoughts and feelings we have when they first happen to us, right? Like, we just, like, we see things and like then thoughts come to our mind. Now, we can control what we dwell on But just in an instant, like sometimes anxiety, it's almost like it just jumps on us. Yes, sometimes we choose to just worry about an issue and and focus our anxiety on that. But most of the time, we're going through something in life. We don't want to feel anxious, but something happens. We hear a story about our child at school and we're, ooh, what's going to happen there? I kind of see how this is going. I'm a little uncomfortable. And it just, our mind starts to race. For me, I mean, one of the clearest examples of this idea that anxiety sometimes just jumps on us is in the last 10 years, since that flight from Houston, when I get onto an airplane, I'm not thinking about how anxious I am. I have five children. I'm thinking about them trying to get everybody onto the plane with Becky, right? I'm distracted. And yet, as we go into the airplane, my body, my mind are sort of assaulted by anxiety. And suddenly it's like, you remember being in a death trap 10 years ago with multiple tornadoes? Ah! I start sweating. I start just feeling something. I don't think like this is what's going to happen. It just happens. But even though I can't choose, And I can't control how I feel in an instant. Like it just happens. I can choose. I can control what I will do with those thoughts. And I'm going to cast them upon the one who cares for me. Now I want to be clear that just because I pray doesn't all get better immediately. This is the in due time issue that Peter talked about earlier just because your anxiety doesn't immediately go away, it does not mean that God's not doing anything. It doesn't mean that he's not working. We, we sort of were singing about that idea when we were singing Waymaker earlier today. But, but here's the thing. I was trying to think of an analogy for this sort of thing. And, and something that uh, I thought was really helpful was, you know how on airplanes, uh, they give that safety talk about oxygen masks, at least on ones that aren't taking off in the midst of a tornado, they, they do that. And, and what is it that they say? They say, if there's a loss in cabin pressure, the mask will come down. And then they say, when you put your mask on, although the bag on the oxygen mask may not inflate, oxygen is flowing through the mask. Now, what they are saying is, the airline people want us to know, Even if the mask doesn't inflate, you shouldn't just give up on the mask and throw it away. They're saying, no, you need to trust the process and keep breathing into the mask. It is working even if you can't see that it's working. And it is the same in prayer when you have anxiety. God might not answer your prayer right away in the way that you hoped, but that doesn't mean you give up. It is working Even if you can't see it, you have to trust the process that in due time, if you will humble yourself, God is going to lift you up. In my own life, I've had that happen. I've experienced what the apostle Paul talks about in Philippians four, when he says, there is a peace that transcends all human understanding I've talked about this before in church but I just want to share it again cuz I really feel like it's it's relevant to this point. When my son JP was born, he's almost 4, he'll be 4 in October, but when he was born, he had some significant health issues with his heart and with his lungs. And I felt anxious. About what was gonna happen to him. I felt helpless. We were there in the hospital room, and the doctor told us, this is so serious, we need to transfer JP to another hospital. And I, I just I was praying, I was praying like the whole time, but I was just overwhelmed with a feeling of anxiety. God didn't seem to be doing anything. And yet, in due time, I suddenly had an assurance that God was going to take care of my son. And it was going to be okay. And the truth is, even after that assurance that I received, some very difficult things happened to JP. Some very scary things happened to him related to his health. But I did not feel overwhelmed with anxiety. I had been given a peace that transcended all understanding. As we close the service today, I am hoping that you will leave here with a peace that transcends all understanding. Pastor Micaiah and the team are going to share a song about trusting God. And as they sing the song, I want to invite you to come to the altar. I want to invite you to come to the cross. It's an opportunity for you to give to God whatever it is that you're carrying that you were never meant to carry. For us to take Peter's advice and cast our anxiety upon God because he cares for us. The antidote to anxiety is humility. And we're going to come to God in prayer and focus on how big he is. And we're going to focus on the cross because the cross represents that God is willing to carry us. That our God is bigger than death. And if he's bigger than death, then he's bigger than whatever it is you've been holding on to. Whatever it is that you're anxious about you can cast your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. As they sing the song, you can bring your anxiety to the cross by coming to the altar. You can leave at the altar something that physically represents what you're anxious about, or you can just come here and pray and give it to the Lord in your heart. If you're watching at home, maybe you want to just take out a piece of paper and write it, whatever it is that you're feeling anxious about. Then just fold that piece of paper up and put it to the side. and Just say, I, I've given this to God. I encourage you, whether you're here or at home, in your heart, come to the cross and remember that our God is willing to carry you. Because that's what the cross represents. But the Christian life goes beyond that because the cross, it doesn't just represent that our God is willing to carry us. Like there's more for us, right? Because the empty tomb represents that our God is capable of carrying us cross represents that he's willing. The empty tomb represents that he's capable of carrying you and me. And because of the cross, because of the empty tomb, I want to end this morning with a question. In light of the fact that the antidote to anxiety is humility, are you willing today to humble yourself before God? Going forward from today, will you try to carry your anxiety Or, or would you be willing to cast your anxiety on the one who cares for you? Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love for you to join us at one of our weekend worship services. For service times and information about BRCC, be sure to check out brookvilleroad.cc. God bless you.